Top 10 Thursdays coming at you with music and fun. If you're not careful, you may learn something before it's done. <laughs> I'm your host, John Otney. Colin Westman. Matt Carson. And joining us is our special guest, Paul Otney, my brother. Hi, I'm Paul. Sean is off tonight. He was murdered and set on fire <laughs> while celebrating his birthday. Uh, I could do that with a straight face. But no, Sean is on vacation and possibly a bad cell phone reception slash internet reception area, so he will not be joining us tonight. But maybe. Maybe he just wants to get in touch with nature. <laughs> yeah. Free. Threw his cell phone into the river or wherever he is. <laughs> just embracing nature. Fuck you, society. But uh, we're taking a page out of, I guess, last week, uh, talking about old video games, <laughs> is that, if that makes any sense. We, we talked about N64, our favorite N64 games, uh, last week. This week we're talking about PlayStation 1. Um, everyone here, I think, had some pretty good experiences playing PlayStation 1. I mean, we all had one, right? Yep. Yeah, right. That was really my first uh, video game system, really. Yeah, because you didn't have an N64, so no. can you remember any of your early PlayStation memories? Like, like well, a pre- Yeah, I got it for Christmas. Um, I remember waking up being just so goddamn excited. Like, yes, I'm going to be able to play video games whenever I want. I don't have to wait to go to Sean's house. So did you already know you were getting it? or? Yeah, I pretty much knew. I uh, Colin was it like the first Christmas or was it a little bit later? The first Christmas? <laughs> like like 96, because like, like it came out like... <laughs> I mean, like, uh, I feel like PlayStation came out in 96, maybe, or 97, pretty early on. Uh, it, it, not that it matters, I'm just it might have, Yeah, it was like 95 or 96. So I yeah, so like. pretty new. But no, I, I didn't get it the first but Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Was, uh, this was maybe 98. I remember the DualShock controller oh, yeah. just oh, came out, oh, so yeah. I was getting one that had a DualShock controller, so I was like, yeah... That's what I did too. Yeah, but I didn't get it as a gift. I remember I had I had a Super Nintendo for a long time, and I just felt like I wasn't really gaming until I got the got the PlayStation One, and I saved up all my money and I went to the Funko Land and yeah, Funko and Land. I think I I think I didn't get it till like '99 because I remember the water people were like stacking up on uh like. There's a water store next door to Funko Land, like a water, like <laughs> like where, where you get like bottled, like giant things water for your water. Go, co- think, yeah, yeah, something like that. Where okay. you get you get water for your coolers, okay. you know, exactly. like Sean's house. <laughs> right. But anyway, so people were like freaking out about Y2K, and that place was like huge line because people are getting their boobies. <laughs> we're gonna die. The internet's gonna explode. We're not gonna have water anymore. <laughs> It's all going to dry up because of computers. And I was like, i got to get a PlayStation 1 and enjoy it before <laughs> it doesn't work anymore. Before it tries to kill you. Didn't you go down to <laughs> or- Oregon to buy it? That's what I remember. No. So it'd be tax-free or something? <laughs> I feel like you, you went down for some video game system to Oregon to buy a game no, system tax-free. 
I got my phone in order. That's a good idea, though. Like my, I think you'd use up sure. more gas money yeah. than like yeah. the one you'd be saving. <laughs> Definitely. Tax. The couple of bucks or something. Yeah. That yeah. never happened. I don't know who I'm thinking of. Then. I don't know. Well, someone must have. Someone <laughs> dumb. Uh, <laughs> I guess I could see it if you're like in yeah, Oregon for something else, but yeah. driving all the way, yeah, that's a big waste of money. You'd be a big dumb idiot to do yeah. that. Yeah. I got uh, my PlayStation. It was through uh, uh, Paul, our stepdad. Because he, he, he was early on playing a lot of those really violent first-person <laughs> shooters on PC and stuff, like Doom and all the different mods of Doom. And my favorite is Redneck Rampage. <laughs> it's as good as it sounds. Blood. Blood was a good one. Blood. Yeah, I love that. Blood because it's this game where you can, like, walk into an oven and be like, You're, like, burning this I feel like that's light. what always happened when we played. We just ended up in the oven. We just <laughs> ended up in the oven. It wasn't death. an obstacle. It wasn't hard to, like, avoid it, but we just ended up going in the yeah, oven. Yeah, so time. sweet. How many games do you go into an oven? <laughs> so our first PlayStation games were, like, the most violent ones they had, which was an interesting introduction. Pretty scary for a little kid. We'll get into that a little bit later. So I think we can just jump right in. Um, actually, no, before we go into the list, I'd like to talk about a few that we're not going to be talking about just because we <laughs> haven't really played them. Um, we're one. I think one of the big ones for PlayStation is Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider 2, that's the most popular one. Uh, I was always aware of it when it was around, but that's kind of the game that's like, oh, you know, it's mature themes, got, you know, women with big breasts. So like, <laughs> like, what am I going to tell my parents? Like, I want this game. And it's just this, like the cartridge, you know, the case is just her with, the, you know, Showing off her assets, so it's like her equipment. I wonder how many kids that bought that game ended up like leading to the talk, you know, with their parents. <laughs> you know, I know it's a video game, but mastering your like I, joystick. I feel like I rented it somehow or played a demo somewhere, and just remember being like, "This sucks." Oh, really? <laughs> but it probably was a shitty demo. So yeah, um, I don't. People seem to like it. Another is Gran Turismo 2, which is supposed to be one of the better racing games. Me and Colin played Gran Turismo 1 uh, today, which was fine. Uh, <laughs> it's a solid racer. It's pretty typical. But... Except we kept crashing to the wall, and then you would get stuck spinning in circles. Yeah. Is it like a NASCAR kind of game or like a like a street racing? It's like street racing. You're like hella like slick cars. You're like, oh, sweet. This is nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think my... that was the thing about those games is they're supposed to be really, like, really From my Porsche racing it. And stuff like that. Uh, another one that I want to just touch on is Soul Reaver, which I had a demo on. That's a game where you're like some demon guy and stealing souls and stuff. I had a demo of that, and it was pretty sweet. But I didn't really play the game significantly. And then Parappa the Rapper is another one, which was like a rhythm kind of music game that I've always really wanted to play, but I've never been able to acquire a copy. Uh, it's like you're a rapper guy, and you have to hit the right button combinations. It's basically Dance Dance Revolution for your hands. <laughs> And I was hoping they'd have it in the PlayStation Online store, you know, for, like, PS3, but they don't. They have it for PSP for for some reason. Paul, how's your PSP doing? I know you had a PSP. Oh, uh, well, it's been, like, smashed for about, I don't know, since I got it. <laughs> I, I, uh, <laughs> was it smashed I, in the box? <laughs> no, no, that happened a couple months later. Um, like... Originally, it it came out at about, like, I feel like the same time frame kind of as the Nokia N-Gage cell phone slash gaming <laughs> device. Which you also Which had. I just thought <laughs> seemed really awesome. And I, I had the decision to make about whether I would spend my money on Nokia N-Gage or a PSP. Now, 
what led me to the Nokia N-Gage was that I had on I had like a dentist appointment coming up and when I was young dentist appointments like scared the shit out of me like I felt like it's the end of the world so like I, I felt Why'd like nothing after the dentist appointment mattered because it's the end of the world so I decided I might as well like get the Nokia N-Gage since it's a little cheaper and I can get it before my dentist appointment <laughs> when your life will be over yeah, before, but so I can at least like enjoy it a little bit I wish I knew this over. I always like thought like why is Paul getting a Nokia anyway this is the stupidest thing ever yeah so so I, I got that it, it's, it's, it, it, was, it actually still works like it I mean it's I remember not really, playing Tony Hawk on it I think like it's okay it's it's not like super bad but I don't know why I thought it'd be so much better than the PSP I got the PSP like a couple of years like a year or two later for like my birthday I think and then I like on my way home from school like I got in the car and I just like it was in my jacket pocket. My jacket was hanging out the car door, and I just like slammed the car door on it. And I'm like, "What the fuck? Let the car door close!" Just like kept slamming it. I'm like, oh, and, like I took it out, and it like looked okay. Like, oh, I guess it's like built to be smashed in car doors. <laughs> so, so I thought it was, everything was fine. Then the next day, I tried to turn it on, and just like a spider web of cracks on the screen, and the whole thing is kind of like bent at an angle. And it's more ergonomic. Yeah, so, yeah, it didn't work after that. And I was like, I, like, didn't tell anyone for because it's, like, really expensive birthday present. I just, like, I didn't know how to, like, tell my parents that I just, like, destroyed it in the car door, like, instantly. So you probably so, can't get Parabba the Rapper to play on that. Uh, yeah, no. Probably not. No. Okay, so let's jump right into the list. And first up is a game called Ape Escape. Now, let me give you a little background here. This is a a, a game where you play um, as a guy who has to go around catching apes because there's this evil white ape named Spectre, and he gets, like, this uh, experimental helmet that makes him smart, so he sets monkeys all over the place, and you have to catch him. I think what stands out in my mind is that this was one of the first games I remember where you had to have DualShock. You couldn't play it without it because the right. controls were they were very strange. The left stick was walk. The right stick was to use your items, mm-hmm. and then like all the num- the shape buttons were your different gadgets, and then to jump it was like R one and R two, and uh, directional buttons were to move the camera, and it was very weird. But you you got in the rhythm of it after a while, and it was really interesting. Um, yeah, I rented style it. Of gameplay. I remember renting it and thinking it was awesome. Yeah, and, and like and the controls were weird. It wasn't like anything you'd played before, but it worked really well. I didn't I didn't feel like. Like once you got used to it, you were catching those. Yeah, I love the gadgets. Apes. I think your primary gadget was like this baton, and you just hit them in the head. You just bop them on the head. Like, <laughs> you're like dazed, you like hit them unconscious. I thought, I thought it was. Did a you net. have a net? You have a net too. You start with a baton, and then you get like a net, and you have some other. Is it like an electrified later. baton or something? Like yeah, you hit stick? them, and it stuns them, and then you catch them in the net. But of course, later ones you can't just hit them with the baton. You got to like use fancier gadgets and super apes, and they're trickier, and they're hot. They're hiding in trees and stuff. Clever girls. Uh, I don't think I beat this one. Uh, no, we did not. We got stuck very far into the game. Like, yeah, like... There are these race segments where you have to, like, race your, like, friend who got, like, brainwashed. Yeah, by, like, yeah, that's monkey. right. And, like, for some reason, you have to race them to, to, like, get them back on your side. Like, we could never beat one of the races. Because just, like, cheats. I like that you say you can't really remember games, but you can always remember, like, where we failed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it was pretty far, and I'd love to play it again... Uh, I don't know if that I don't think that one's on the PlayStation Store or anything. I don't I don't know how uh, uh, high regard it's held. I feel like people like it. Yeah, I think so. It had a sequel, I think. Well, there you go. That's good enough. Uh, but I always really enjoyed. It. I never owned it, but yeah, I rented it and played through a, a good deal of it. Um, as for on the list, 
I mean, it's been such a long time since yeah, I played it. I only played a demo of it that I had. Yeah, it seemed pretty fun, but I mean, I, I, none I of us obviously have gotten that deep. Yeah, into I can't it. think of anything I don't really like about it, except maybe like this the anime type style graphics with the no nose and the huge eyes. Like I don't, I don't, I find that particularly appealing in animation. Style. I feel like there's so many of these games I never played that maybe we could keep it for now, <laughs> for Nancy's sake. Well, I mean, just like I, like I will have no opinion on a lot of this. Sure. Okay. Well, we'll we'll make our way down. Uh, next up is a game that I just purchased recently. It's uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. This is the sixth Castlevania game, I think. First one on PlayStation, maybe. Yeah, I, th- I think so. So this continues the old Castlevania games with like uh, side scrollers. You know, like where you're in a castle and you're fighting stuff with a whip. This one, it's a sword, and you play as this really effeminate vampire named Alucard. Get it, Dracula backwards. I didn't even realize that. Well, I just, you know. Having played the game. <laughs> Alucard, yeah. And he fights this monk named Shaft. Nice. <laughs> Not John Shaft. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I love how that game, the, the game starts. It starts with actually the ending of the previous game, Dracula X, where you play as um, one of the Belmonts. Who's Is that a Super Nintendo game? Yeah, that was a Super Nintendo game. And you fight, like, the last boss, but it's super, super easy, and it's totally awesome, because you're just whipping him, and he's just like, urgh, urgh. it's like giant, he fills up the whole screen, with this big Dracula monster. Imagine it was a lot harder than the Nintendo one when you actually get to the end. <laughs> Probably, but I think it's kind of an interesting way to start a game. Well, I think that's how Super Metroid starts, is you're fighting the last boss, so... Uh, it's not that original, considering <laughs> it seems like a lot of this game, there was a lot to... The Metroid games. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I love about it, because I really dig the the Metroid games, the original 2D ones. And this one, too, is just, like, super deep. You have tons of different powers that you can use, and it's, like... <laughs> it kind of makes me wish that maybe there had still been more 2D PlayStation games yeah. that had done the side-scrolling thing that was done so well on the SNES... This is, seems like the really one of the few really good ones. I mean, this is seems to be regarded as the best, and uh-huh. I can definitely yeah. see why. I actually, yeah, bought it like this past week because it always seemed like a game that I sh- I should own. For how much? Like oh, it's like fifteen bucks. It's not bad. I feel like that's one of those games you can go on eBay and someone's like a hundred fifty dollars for this. Yeah, it's never it's... been opened, never been looked <laughs> at, or something. Because it wasn't like a huge success when it came out, so it's a little hard to find. I almost think it's too overwhelming with all the variables, like all the items you pick up, and it's almost like there's RPG elements in there. It's like so Definitely. huge mm-hmm. for that kind of game that looks like it's just oh, it's just like some action kind of side scroller game. But there's like so much going on, and you level up, and you collect items, and like yeah, it's like Metroid in that they use like the nonlinear map system, which uh, gets me lost. Actually, I'm I'm re- yeah. This yeah. reminds me how bad I am at kind of the older kind of games. I mean, it's not a necessarily an older game but it's like an older style of like a Super Nintendo game you know it was probably overlooked because it's that you know that transitioning period where people are like do I want to play really good 2D or do I want to play really shitty 3D I want to play really shitty 3D because it's 3D (laughs) people were just so pumped about playing in three dimensions at that point so they overlooked these like good games like Castlevania but this holds up as well as really any PlayStation game I think you know what kind of pisses me off is how you start out and you're like hella awesome (laughs) You, like, kill everything with one hit, and then the Grim Reaper, like, takes away all your items, and then you mm-hmm. kind of suck. Yeah. Well, it gives you a taste, so you, like, you have 
like you know how awesome it is to be like <laughs> yeah. that strong so like you want to strive to get there again there's these giant wolves and you just hit them with your sword and they burst in flames you're like yeah I kick ass everything dies in one hit and then like I suck like I've ba- I barely beat the first boss um, and now I'm like lost already in the game I, I'm it sounds like you're probably doing a little better than I am probably, I'm probably about like a quarter of the way through yeah, the game yeah that's and I honestly well, am liking it so much I might try to beat it which I'm gonna keep <laughs> does not happen to be often because I don't play video games anymore but this is kind of in that style of SNES games which I, SNES is probably my favorite system even though I don't own one I just love that that side scrolling yeah well I think at the end of the game you have to go through the whole castle again like upside down so you may be in for some uh, frustrating gameplay on that one I'm already frustrated and I've barely made it you know through any of the games yeah for me this is one that is kind of hard but it's like just hard enough but when you get through a stage you feel really really good about yourself yeah definitely (laughs) and it's, it's very good I think I will like it once I just level up my guy enough, enough, so he's, like, really strong. I can just make it through the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm at that point <laughs> where I'm not having as much trouble as I did earlier yeah. in the game. <laughs> so I think I'll work my way towards it. I'm, I'm not giving up. Not not today. It's it, it's a good one. And if you have a, a PlayStation 3, yeah, you can get this on the online store for only, like, 10 bucks. It's a pretty good deal. Uh, next, we have another beloved franchise, Crash Bandicoot, which was a game series by Naughty Dog. Dog. And I, I guess w- what makes Crash Bandicoot stand out? I think, for one thing, there's a lot of variation on the gameplay. It's a, it's a platform game. You play as a Bandicoot, which is some Australian thing. I don't know. And there's levels where you're going... It's kind of hard to explain, like, perspectives. <laughs> there's ones where you're going towards the screen, ones where you're going away, parts of the level where it's, like, 2D style. Mm-hmm. There's parts... There's levels where you race... Uh, one of my favorites from Crash Bandicoot 2 is one where you run from a boulder, like from Indiana Jones. But, you, but you're running towards the screen, so you don't know what's coming up. But that's it's really exciting. And uh, there's a lot of really inventive, I think, game design in the levels. There's a lot of variation, especially in the third one, uh, which I think we're going to be talking about more in depth because we just played it. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was always my favorite. I had Crash Bandicoot 2, but I remember Crash Bandicoot Warped was one I just played over and over again. I think the thing that made that one so good is like we were playing it, every single level was so different like from the it's last. It's a completely different game, but it all works really well. It's all really fun, even though you'd think maybe one kind of style wouldn't be as good, but yeah, for the most part, they are all pretty fun. So the the idea behind that one was basically you're traveling through time, so like the first stage was medieval times but then for some reason there's oh let's put in a motorcycle level because it's awesome Cause, and then yeah. this one where you're like riding a jet ski and for some reason uh, one of my favorites is the ones where you ride like a little tiger you play as Crash Bandicoot's yeah. sister and you ride like on the Great Wall of China and you're jumping over you're and going pretty fast so that makes it a little bit more intense yeah it's kind of like a weird almost race style but it's really cool now, do you like remember why you're traveling through time? Because I remember the first one had the first Crash Bandicoot, Crash Bandicoot game had a pretty weak like plot line. You're like going out to get batteries for your sister's laptop. Yeah, <laughs> like, bullshit. Yeah, like, it was totally lame. <laughs> that's that's right. I don't, I don't. Do you even get batteries at the end? I don't remember. But <laughs> maybe I don't really recall. I don't know. This one's about 
Well, they're all about collecting crystals. That's a big thing. Yeah. You have to collect the crystals for, for reason. whatever reason. Every the, stage has its big fighting Neo Cortex, Cortex who's Cortex. basically like the most stock villain ever. <laughs> He's just this evil bad scientist. Giant head. A giant, he has head. A giant head. That's why it was so cool. I was talking about this earlier. Having the action figures of the Crash and Bandicoot no, characters. They, they made terrible action figures though, because all the characters were so like disproportionate with like small little like <laughs> body joints like connecting the different features so the in action figure form they looked pretty cool but they broke apart so easily <laughs> like they'd, their heads would come off because their necks are like pencil thin yeah like neocortex he's this villain with this huge head and this tiny little body so the head just came right off <laughs> um, but it looks good in the game it's funny in the game and I love the variation in gameplay I mean there's really not much to say about it in like terms of how Unique, it may be. I don't know. It's I mean, just really solid at what it does. Crash Bandicoot does seem like it was kind of Sony's answer to Ma- the Mario games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I think they succeeded in it because it's it's different enough <laughs> from the Mario games that it's its own unique thing. I think I had a similar like health system where like in Mario you get hit once you die unless you get a mushroom you grow and then you can hit again. Uh, and Crash Bandicoot, as I recall, you get the Tiki God that, like, follows you around. <laughs> and you can get more Tiki Gods to, like, uh, increase the amount of times you can get hit. I feel like it's a golden Tiki God. At if the you, end if you like get that. three, you wear it, and you're invincible. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, and that's, that's awesome. awesome. And he has one of the greatest, like, attacks. He spins, and it's just so satisfying when you're collecting fruits and you're just spinning yeah. and breaking boxes. He's also, he's also kind of like Sonic the Hedgehog in that way, and that he's spinning, and he's yeah, kind of he's, extreme, <laughs> I guess. Oh, he's way. totally extreme. He's riding... Uh, you know, surfboards and motorcycles. Yeah. Except what what I I feel like bothered me about that game was there's a lot of enemies. Like the attack system isn't really self-explanatory. There's a lot of enemies that you can't just like you can't run up to them and jump on them or spin attack them. Like you'll try that and you'll just die. Like they'll like electrocute you or something. Yeah, but it, I mean, uh, I, that could be frustrating, but at the same time, I kind of like that. It's pretty funny. Like, me and Colin were just realizing, wow, you, there's so many ways you can die in this yeah. game. I just ran up to this guy, and then he, he turns and he has a flamethrower. You get burnt to a crisp. There's one part where there's these spikes, and if you go on them, he, like, <laughs> deflates and, like, spins around like a balloon yeah. that's just deflated. And like you are saying, Paul, there's, like, levels where you get electrocuted. I remember in the second game where you're in water, and there's electric gales, and you're like, yeah. you're like, maybe you see a skeleton, I think, something like that. Just real inventive. It's like they thought of they thought of everything. There's no there's no laziness in this game. They they every single uh, part of this game is filled with something special. And I think we got to have Crash Bandicoot. We'll probably go with Warped just because of the fact that there's so much more in Warped. I mean, it's basically the same game as two, but with more levels that are awesome and, ex- and extreme to the max. Oh yeah. All right. So uh, another game that is possibly extreme to the max. I don't know. Is Final Fantasy Nine. I have not played this myself, so... Neither have I. Neither have I. Yeah. Hey, I thought you did. Oh, maybe I stole <laughs> this from Yeah, did, didn't you borrow this from Sean? <laughs> yeah, but I was like, oh, this is so boring, I can't <laughs> I get really frustrated with RPGs because, like, I just want to be good, so I'm like, or I just want to beat the game, so I'll advance through the story pretty quickly until, like, I'm not powerful enough you know, like my level isn't high enough, mm-hmm. so I'll get to a point where I can't beat anyone because I have to go back in like the goddamn fields and run <laughs> like in train. The, yeah, train. Yeah, like grinding. <laughs> I think is what they call it in RPGs, where they they substitute like real like gameplay for just having your kit, like making it so you have to go out and just kill 
like stupid small enemies yeah. over and over again to like get your skill level up and get exactly. life points and stuff. And they rely on that instead of like using actual like fun. Well, I mean, it can be fun sometimes, but I actually, times... yeah, I'm one of the people who kind of enjoy that sometimes. Look, yeah. I'm getting so powerful, but like the <laughs> only, so easy. yeah, like the, the only game that that worked for me was Pokemon. Yeah, <laughs> like that was it. And even still, like. Like, nothing pisses me off more in a video game than, like, being in a field and running into enemies, and, like, and then you have to fight them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's like, I just want to fucking get to town. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, Spiral Wipe or exactly. Star Wipe or whatever. So, Colin, you probably have a view that's less frustrated on this game. Well, yeah. I mean, this was... Of the, of the Final Fantasies that were released on the PlayStation, Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VIII... Well, and tactics, which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. This was the one I really connected with. I'm not exactly sure why. I don't know if it's really held in the highest regard compared to those other games. I'm sure graphically it looks the best. <laughs> it looks really good graphically. I remember being really impressed by just the overall look of this game and just how beautiful it was, really. And I don't know, it's weird to think that I got this deep into an RPG because I... These days, I don't have much patience when it comes to video games. That's why I don't play them anymore. But this one, I got all the way to the end. This game was four discs long. Yeah. I got all the way to the fourth disc. Wow. I was really close to beating it, but I, it just was. I just got to one of those points where I was like, ah, I can't. I just can't do this, man. <laughs> I can't beat this boss. So I gave up. But uh, I don't know. This I, is recently. No, this was when I was <laughs> 10 years old. <laughs> I haven't revisited or anything, but I have a really, really fond memory and of I know this the game. Seven... Remember the first disc? <laughs> <laughs> seven... No, you'll lose it. <laughs> no, I'll give it to Sean. <laughs> give it to Sean. That would be nice. You know, sick kind of way. I don't know. But I remember 7 and 8 were more like industrial looking, but this one is kind of more the traditional maybe. Yeah, it did have a kind of a lighter tone to it, which That's kind of nice. Which was it has cool. a nice whimsy to it, I suppose. Yeah. I always really liked the look of that game, but kind of reminded me of like a Miyazaki film or something. Oh yeah. But I knew if like I'm getting this game, this is a commitment. Like this is definitely. This is like a year. This was a good plague this game. Good solid 3 months of my life doing nothing but <laughs> going to elementary school then coming up and playing this game <laughs> and then going to bed. Maybe a little homework thrown in there. That was my Maybe life. Maybe doing a little running into field just to train a little yeah. from time to time. I don't know if I had to do that much of this for this That's game. That's good. I feel like I never got frustrated with it. You know what I always love about in Final Fantasy games? The spells that you always have in summoning like demons and stuff are always so awesome. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I bet they looked pretty cool in that one. Yeah, I always regret not playing that one because I played a little bit of 8 and I played 7. Uh, but I never played nine for some reason. I think I was turned off by the fact that like, oh, the characters aren't like tough anymore. They're like little kids and stuff. <laughs> Lame. That's kind of. I guess that was an immature kind of viewpoint back then. I, I know Sean played this one too. Mm-hmm. He could have commented <laughs> on it if he was here. He yeah. got pretty far into it. That's good. Uh, but before we talk about tactics, I, I think I'd rather talk about seven. Okay. Final Fantasy seven. Which I is, don't have much to say about. Yeah, either. I'll, I'll I'll keep it brief. But um, I think it's actually the first PlayStation game I ever played, which is pretty cool, you know, because it's, like, a pretty famous game. I don't know why, but for some reason, uh, one of my sister's friends, like, you could borrow my PlayStation for some reason for an extended period of time. And the games we have are Final Fantasy VII and uh, Resident Evil 2. 
And since Resident Evil 2 is super scary, I mostly stuck to Final <laughs> Fantasy 7. <VII. laughs> you had to turn it off. It just got and after the start. I remember playing it with Sean. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. But I remember me and Sean playing it, and we're being, like, really into it. We were probably, like, reading the lines for each character, so they really dark <laughs> like that. But it's cool because you, you play this RPG, and then it's like, oh, man, this is futuristic. People got guns and stuff. The main character, who's I think is probably the most recognizable character in the franchise, Cloud, He's got this big, like, blonde spiky hair, but he's got, like, the biggest sword you've ever seen. It's awesome. And then his best friend is this guy named Barrett, who's this big black dude with a gun hand. It's like, you never see that in RPGs. Just the characters uh, appealed to me, and they had, I think, some of the best characters. I mean, I'm not, I don't claim to be well-versed on the Final Fantasy games, but I think this one has some of the best ones I've seen. I remember there's this big, like, tiger thing named Red, and uh, all sorts of neat characters. Uh, But yeah, I, I... I didn't even get off the first disc, actually. I'm, just, you know, I feel like we should, you know, we got, you got to talk about Final Fantasy VII, but I probably really haven't played it that in depth as I remember. Like I, it was, I, it was challenging to me. And uh, another thing that that's weird, I, I I played just a little bit of it a few years ago. The graphics look terrible now. It's it's definitely that early transitional period where they're like really really blocky looking. And they look really shitty when they're walking around. When they're in battle, it looks a little better, but um, it looks kind of shitty. Did it have like the pre-rendered backgrounds? Yes. Okay. Those, remember, those look good. I remember they had those in Final Fantasy. IX. Well, you're like you're just walking around. You're all really blocky. Yeah. The battles they look a little better, and it has the cool spells and it has all the cool guns and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm not really in love with it. You've, it sounds like you've probably played nine more than I've ever played seven. So, I mean, probably. when it comes down to list making time, I think that you know it probably has if, a one up in that. Department. If we, yeah, I guess if we want to put a Final <laughs> Fantasy on, I don't know. You'd probably go with uh, nine. Yeah, but who knows if that would even make the list? I don't. I think people usually say seven is the best just because it was. I think at the time such a trendsetter and such a big deal because mm-hmm. it was one of the first. Big PlayStation RPG games, at least that I can recall. Uh, yeah, it was a big deal. Um, but I think we can move on to Final Fantasy Tactics. What I didn't know you owned. Well, that's because I didn't play it that much. I don't know why. I think after Final Fantasy Nine, I wanted to play some more Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. But it's I different. Bought this one for real cheap, and yeah, it's it is kind of different. I don't really remember that well. I didn't play it hard. Well, it's interesting in that it's not it's not necessarily an RPG game as much as it's like a strategy game, which I feel like is a slightly mm-hmm. different kind of genre where you have like a, a like an, an army almost like you have like five or six guys and you kind of move them around like a board sort of like yeah. a, like a, a lockdown area. And I found that really appealing. And uh, I mean, graphically, it's simple, but it's it's, it's very bright and colorful and uh, just a lot of fun. I remember playing it. It's weird. Do you remember at Wizards of the Coast, you used to be able to like go in and just like play a video maybe you, game? Maybe you want to explain to our younger listeners what Wizards, Wizards of the Coast was. Wizards of the Coast was, was a... Uh, Is it still around? No. no. Wizards <laughs> of the Coast was an all-purpose nerd shop <laughs> where you could go and buy like tabletop RPG stuff. You could buy cards like Magic the Gathering or Pokemon was probably what I was in there most of the time for and uh, all sorts of stuff like that. And then in the back of most Wizards of the Coast, they'd have a bunch of computers set up and you'd, there'd be those nerds in there playing, I don't know, StarCraft or Diablo or whatever they're playing. <laughs> and uh, I remember one time our friend Joey Wakefield, we uh, went there. He's a famous uh, 
Astronomer. Astronomer. <laughs> and we went there for a birthday party. We just went on the computers, and the was guys I also. There? I yeah, I think so. For the same birthday party. <laughs> yeah, that was an epic birthday party. A lot was going on there. I only yeah. remember from like eleven o'clock p.m. on. <laughs> that party started at like three p.m. I remember playing football on the street for yeah. like twenty minutes. Yeah, that's and right. And then we just went inside. But I remember going, uh, and they, they'd ask you, "What game do you want to play on your computer?" And it's like you could choose, choose anything. And I was like, "Really, anything?" I'm like, "Final Fantasy VII." Like, we don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, "Well, I played this game once, Final Fantasy Tactics." And they're like, all right, here you go. <laughs> and I was playing. Obviously, it was, dumb, it was a dumb decision to play an RPG. We, were only, we could only do it for like 45 minutes, so I didn't get very far. I vaguely remember that. I was always terrible at this game. I feel like when I was playing as a kid, I didn't know, like, like I didn't have enough characters selected, so I went out with like a really measly army, so I'd always get my ass kicked, and then I didn't realize till later, it was like, oh, you can have more guys. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that was pretty stupid on my part. I'd like to play it again sometime, but I don't know. Like, RPGs, it's tough at this point in my life, especially to play an old one, to put the time in. I just feel like I don't know I don't know that I can do it. But that one was really interesting. And I, I guess it is more kind of strategy, but I still, it's probably pretty long. Do, do they still make RPGs that people care about, Paul? Looking at me? Yeah. Well, I feel like the... I feel like it's fallen out of we'll, favor we'll, a bit. I'm not sure about that. I, I think it's just that the... RPG genre has uh, kind of broadened in definitions. Um, I like a lot of games today are kind of loose RPGs like Mass Effect and uh, Dead Island. You know, these are games that, like, traditionally they'd, I guess you'd refer to them more as like hack and slash RPGs uh, because, you know, you're just in full control of your character, but it has elements of RPGs, kind of like skill trees and leveling up like that, which, which is honestly my favorite kind of game. Um, I can't think of many like strict RPGs. I, I think I feel like they're still coming out with Final Fantasy games. But like no one cares about them anymore. <laughs> Some people do. Was, I guess it doesn't seem like anyone's cared about one in forever. Since I feel like maybe Eleven was the last. And I feel like mm-hmm. if if the, the coolest thing about those those games was how good it looked, like now they could make it look amazing. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I think it's just kind of evolved, and people are more interested in having being able to do so many different things. Yeah. Like Skyrim, I guess that's the biggest RPG game right now. Yeah, and I'm interested in playing that, and I don't really consider myself a big RPG guy. I like RPGs okay, um, but I haven't like beat a lot. But yeah, I, I think I like where that has, how that has evolved. Um, but back to Final Fantasy Tactics, it doesn't really sound like either of us uh, have really played it that significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's definitely worth mentioning. It's it's definitely a uh, an interesting title on the console. And then we're moving on to another RPG, but a little different one. And this is uh, one that me and Paul played all the way through. It was pretty good, called Legend of Mana. It's a sequel to Secret of Mana, which is for uh, Super Nintendo. I didn't even know that. Oh, you didn't know that? No. <laughs> oh, well, what's interesting about this game is it's uh, it's real-time RPG. So when a battle starts, you move around freely. It's, it's like a beat-em-up almost. Hack and slash, I think. Hack and slash. I I don't remember if that one was randomly generated enemies or if you kind of see something like walking around I, and then you walk into it. I I, I think how it uh, was is you know you have these maps set up and I don't remember if the map was like all in one load screen or if like you move to the edge of the screen then it like like you know it, it would load over into like a new little map segment. But I I, I remember there there definitely like predefined areas where like, enemies would spawn and there's a lot of like stupid enemies like little like bunny blobs like blobs with bunny ears and stuff like that um i don't know yeah 
But I believe this was was this by Squaresoft? I I want to say it was. Seems like they Square. did just all yeah. the RPGs. Yeah. So it's it's, it's basically about. it basically kind of looks like a game like Final Fantasy Tactics. It has similar graphic style. But I think what was most appealing about this game is that you could just play the whole thing through co-op. And how often have you ever played an RPG that's co-op? Like aside from this series, that's hard for me to think of other ones. And there's so much variation in the the characters you choose. I mean, first player always has to play as some douchey night guy who's well, real effeminate. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a woman. Yeah, well, the problem with that is you, you have two choices between characters. It's a woman and a man, but they both look like women. The man looks more like a woman, <laughs> yeah, if you ask I'd me. Yeah, I'd say so. He's got this weird, like, I don't know, Jerry Curl, long curly <laughs> hair. And... But like blonde. <laughs> yeah, but second player, yeah, they got all the choices. He gets to play as all sorts of characters. Yeah. Probably the most memorable is this big rabbit thing that looks like it's from like Wind in the Willows or something. It's like morbidly obese rabbit who's a traveler of sorts. <laughs> I'm sure he sings tie- he sings songs in his free time or something. It's sad that you'll get to play as that character so early in the game because the second player always has to be playing as different characters. Like, through the game progresses you don't just like stick with one you're always playing as someone different and sometimes you're playing as someone awesome there's some uh, I remember one particular level where you have to play as a person who can't fight it's so like just, some woman it's like who, some she's princess like, I think she heals maybe yeah so you're if just walking that, around and I do all the fighting and you're just I feel like at one point you, at one part one part you were playing and like you died and so I'm playing as a character who can't fight yeah <laughs> so it's like the battle still has to go on that's like what hell is like I assume uh, and yeah, it's a real, it's a real fun, colorful title. I haven't played it in a while, but uh, I think it would probably hold up. And uh, I think it's one to consider for it the list. It looks nice, like definitely a very artistic color design. Um, but I, I guess we should move on. And we're moving on. We're going underground. Medal of Honor underground. I thought you were gonna say Tony Hawk's. You wish. You wish. <laughs> But uh, yeah, this is a game I played for the, f- I think, maybe the first time today. I can't remember. But, Colin, you have this game. You want to fill us in a little bit on this? Well, I bought this game, I think, mostly as a reaction to uh, my friends being able to play sweet first-person shooters like GoldenEye and Perfect Dark on the N64. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to shoot people. And I can only see my hand and my gun. <laughs> So I got this game, which is pretty awesome. Um, it's definitely interesting that they decided to do a first-person shooter set in World War II, where you only have, you know, pretty basic guns. You just got like little pistols and, you know, machine guns. No beam swords or laser no, guns. Laser guns. Sticky grenades. Yeah. It's funny. I always thought, like, because we played Goldeneye, then I went out and bought Tomorrow Never Dies. Thinking it would be first person, but it's third it's person. Third person, it's totally and different. It's not that good. <laughs> I remember being like about it a little bit, but I could. It was like way too hard. It's okay. It's an yeah. okay game, but, but it's, uh, it's nothing like Goldeneye. And so I was like, oh, they must not have like the technology to make first person <laughs> shooters on PlayStation. I didn't think it was yeah. possible. Yeah, I don't really know the graphic power of a PlayStation compared to an N sixty four, but I mean, personally, it's I always thought a PlayStation more... looked a little better. I yeah. mean, yeah, that was the thing it's, it's was a disc. But N64 yeah. had 64 bits, and a PlayStation had 32. And I'm sure if Sean was here, he could explain to us why PlayStation graphics yeah. look better. Because they do hold up a lot better for some reason. Well, I feel like bits aren't... They didn't really mean anything. It's more like a marketing scam. Yeah. Like... like, well, I felt like bits... Like, for a cartridge, I feel like that means more than on a disc well, I, I think mm-hmm. it's like it's like supposed to be like has to do with like screen resolution like bits per like inch of the screen or something like that I don't know 
that sounds right-ish. Okay. <laughs> uh, but Medal of Honor, yeah. Was, was there any other games around back then that were World War II? Was that like one of the first ones? That's one of the first ones I remember. I'm sure there had been a few, but... What about like the Call of Duty series? When did that start? I think Medal of Honor was I think that first. was a little bit later. Seen? Yeah. And it was funny, I didn't realize Medal of Honor is created by Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? Yeah, well, it's, it's they're made by DreamWorks, and I guess since Steven Spielberg loves, you know, World War Two because he made Band of Brothers and, you know, stuff like that, that uh, he's, like, had to have a game. So there's, there's hella facts in between. Yeah. I feel like I read some of that stuff when I played it the first time around, which was an interesting experience, like, learning stuff while yeah. playing a video game. That was a new but concept to me. But it's tough when you know, like, I, gotta, I get to kill someone after this. So, you want to just get to that. Guy. Yeah. Why, why can't they let you play that in, like, uh, like history class in, like, school? Seriously, we should all be Learn playing Medal of Honor. That's how we should have learned, by playing Medal of Honor mm-hmm. Underground. And it's underground because it's, like, the French... The French Resistance. The French Resistance. Um, I never played the first one. I assume you play as Americans in that one. Which is weird because I was like, oh, I'm playing as French. I want to yeah. get as American. <laughs> French. But, uh, do you just like lose? <laughs> like get like, taken over? By they get like a white flag weapon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the so only weapon. Yeah. White flag. I was surprised playing it a little bit today that it holds up pretty good. I, yeah, I found the aiming personally like a little awkward, but it like looks good and it's still lots of fun. Mm-hmm. Like Was it, it dual shock only? <laughs> no, uh, no, no. You can play like, it on I don't a regular so. I don't think so. So, like, was it like... I don't think any games were dual you... shock only except Ape Escape. I feel like those were, like, the only ones. <laughs> it's the most cutting gauge game of its But, time. I mean, like, is it... Does it have controls like Halo does, or is it, like, Goldeneye? It's more like Goldeneye, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, th- I don't know. I thought it was weird that with the left, um, the left stick, you have to both, like turn around and move forward like I mean look look side to side and move forward like I found that awkward and then the the other stick is just like to go up and down <laughs> like I kept trying to use the right stick to turn but then I'm just like going up and down and like what the hell am I doing and then I panic in the middle of the fight and get killed but uh By Nazis. It, 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 it's, it's cool yeah, and it's, it's really satisfying killing Nazis especially you see that swastika <laughs> and you're like boom you're like yeah freedom <laughs> I mean it's French freedom but you know I'll take what I can get um, I mean, I've only really played a day, so I don't know how we'll end up on the list, but probably I think... not a very good chance of it. But yeah, it's a pretty good it's, game. It's got, it's got, a, it's, it's a long shot, but I suppose it has a. Uh, we'll keep it as a consideration. Um, up next is one of my favorite franchises, which is the Metal Gear franchise. It's Metal Gear Solid on PlayStation. Not the first one; they had a couple for Nintendo, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah, which were horrible or something. Oh, At least the I, first I, one. I think they're was. just extremely hard. Like there'd be parts where you. It's entirely up to just trial and error. Like, you'd go into a room, and then you'd get, like, poisoned or something. And then he, yeah. like, tells you on the radio, like, Snake, watch out for poison. And then you have to play it again. Like, how would you ever know that? Mm-hmm. That you have to play the whole game again? Uh, I, I, felt I like guess maybe if you're out of line, I'm not exactly sure how, like, the life or respawn system works. I felt like that was... I watched the Angry Video Game Nerd, like, the NES one. Yeah, he reviewed yeah. it, yeah. yeah. Um... But this is the one for PlayStation, and I think the style translates way better for a 3D uh, console. Like, a stealth game, which was new to me at the time. I remember playing this, I'm like, whoa, this is totally different. Like, I, I can't just run out and start shooting everybody. I gotta hide. And I think initially it's a little disappointing, but then you kind of really get into it. You're hiding and creeping around corners, killing a guy, and then putting him in a locker. It's so intense. It is so cool. <laughs> hiding in apple boxes. Yeah, and... I mean, they, uh, there's nothing I don't love about the games, these games except for the stories, which are incredibly... The plot lines are so convoluted, especially the second one. I think this one's basically you're just solid snake. You're like a genetically enhanced super soldier. You're sent to some island where you must fight, you know, terrorists that are launching, like, a nuclear weapon. 
And there's a big ass robot thing. It's like Metal Gear. <laughs> but there's way more complicated than that. That's just like uh, the easiest way you could possibly uh, sum it up. Um, and I like uh, this little like how you communicate with people. There's these voice actors. You kind of call them on your communicator. And everyone's like really serious. And it's really intense. I like how they call out to you and you die. You know, Snake! 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 It's the best when you've done something incredibly stupid. You're like, why did I do that? And they're like, Snake! 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 Whoa! And he just happens to be calling you like right as you die. I, it's, it's, it's like you know, he's expecting a response, like Snake. Like, are you there? Then he real, realizes you're not there, and he just starts like yelling. <laughs> and it's stealth and it's tricky, but they they're not really hard on you with that. Like, there's times where it's like, oh, everybody sees you, but you can kind of hide and get back and, and fight them again. Like. It's not game like, over. Like there'd always be the the sound cue and the exclamation point yeah, over the everyone exclamation boom, and like you like walk into room like, everyone sees like <laughs> <laughs> but there's still a chance to redeem yourself. Like I played some games. I remember there's a stealth part in Uncharted Two where it's like they see you, you suck, game over, fuck you. <laughs> but at least in this, you get, you still get a chance. I mean, there's probably some parts where you, you got to be stealthy and uh, and you get into the rhythm and that's and that's fun. But I love all the little details. Like you know, when it comes to hiding, you can hide in a box. Um, all sorts of items. He has a cigarette, which it doesn't help you in any way. When you do it, like it slowly takes away health. That's all it does. <laughs> You're like, I'm you a cigarette. Like, it looks <laughs> yeah. cool. But, like, yeah. Snake always has that in his inventory. Uh, I played this a, a demo of this on PlayStation, but I didn't play all the way through it till I had it on GameCube. I don't know if that's controversial. It's still the, it's still the same game. It's still the same game. It just like looked. Uh, Sean would think that's controversial. <laughs> I like that better. <laughs> Uh, but Better call them. another thing I haven't touched on yet is the boss battles in these games are really unique. Uh, there's always some clever way you have to fight the villain. There's there's a cool one in here where there's a sni- it's like a sniper battle, one sniper against uh, you know another, and there's this big ass guy with a big gun. You have to hide on these different spots and make him you know not get hit. But probably the most uh, memorable ones, like to me, the most one of the most memorable boss battles I've ever fought was this this guy named Psycho Mantis, and he's kind of like a psychic, and what he does is first he, like, comments on how many times you've saved in the game, like he knows, and he, then he reads your memory card. He's like, so, you've been playing Spyro the Dragon now, <laughs> you know? Does he fuck? say that? Or yes, does... he says it. They actually got, like, some voice actor to say all these different games, <laughs> I guess. I don't know how that works, but it's, it's awesome. awesome. And then the weirdest thing is how you defeat him is, so he can't read your mind, you plug the PlayStation controller into the other slot so he can't predict your moves. And they have to go, like, back and forth because he keeps predicting your moves. Because if you just stay, you know, in the uh, slot you're in, he, he's going to know everything you're going to do. How do you know how to do that? You I don't. I, I, <laughs> I mean, you just have to think, well, he's psychic, so maybe if I unplug my controller, if I think outside the game, <laughs> yeah, I that, can beat him. That game really tests you as, like, a gamer. Like, I, I feel like there's also a part where the only way to progress is you have to uh, make, you know, a call on your little video communicator to some person but you don't you don't know that like the only way like you don't have the number you have to get it from the box it's like on the back of the box his number's listed uh-huh. you have to like like type type I it mean, in stuff like that could probably piss you off if you don't have the internet uh, <laughs> it, this game's really cryptic but thinking about it now it seems really cool but yeah I don't know that, uh, I mean so maybe much, you can beat Psycho Mantis for one thing I don't without... think I would have been smart enough to do that yeah I mean I, I was playing this game like years later so I could like look up all this stuff so I was fortunate I don't know what other people's experiences were like playing it when it first came out I'm, it may have sucked I feel like I'd be pretty upset if like I'd spent my childhood like failing at that game not realizing like that I you know had to do all these like something stupid like unplug my controller and plug it into the other slot if I'd like found that out later I would have been pretty like upset. 
But I didn't yeah. really play that game that much as a child. So. Yeah, but I've pl- I've played the first three, and I've beaten the first three. I still haven't played the fourth one, but I'm working I'm working my way to it, even though it came out like five years ago or something. Uh, but yeah, I-, I love the style of those games. I love the boss battles. To ever not talk about the third one, that was my favorite Metal Gear boss battle of all time where you fight this old man sniper and one of the ways you can beat him is you just set your clock on your playstation ahead and he dies of old age (laughs) but those games are just endlessly creative and inventive and they they hold up they look really good um have any uh have any other guys played this game at all i i only played a demo of it it's one i regret never buying i still would actually buy it if I could track it down. I in think the you'd store. enjoy it. You could even, yeah, it's not like one where it's like, oh, I can just play the second or third one and get the same experience. I feel like it's worth playing all of them because they're all kind of different with uh, the setting and and different features and everything and different boss battles, which is really cool. But I think it's definitely one to consider for the list, and uh, I look forward to seeing yeah. where it'll end up. I feel like a lot of people rank it as like the best. Yeah, it's awesome. It looks really cool. <laughs> and uh, moving on is a. I hope this is another cool title. This is Rayman. Yeah, so you can tell us a little bit about Rayman. Uh, you're like this guy. You're yellow, and you don't have limbs. Your extremities just float. <laughs> um, you make weird sounds. This one is a 2D side-scrolling adventure. And I just remember it was one of the first games I had with PlayStation, so I was pretty disappointed. I was like playing a 2D game. Yeah, I was like, uh, fuck this. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I, I felt like what we said earlier about, like, when people got the PlayStation, they are like, do I want to play shitty 2D, you know, or shitty 3D yeah, yeah. or good 2D? And, I, I mean, it looks great. It's colorful. There's lots of music. It's... I mean, looking back on it, it's really not that bad. I just like I, I was like, no, I this is not what I signed up for, you know. And I didn't get that far. I just wasn't that interested. Um, I remember I went over to uh, our good friend Mason Kogel's house. Uh, he's a. Uh, I can only think of scientist names. <laughs> All our friends are scientists. <laughs> That's the crowd we roll with. But yeah, I remember playing the second one, which was 3D, and I was like, yeah, this is all... Or I was like, I don't know. I said hell somehow, and then like he told his mom that I said hell. <laughs> this is hella good. Yeah. <laughs> hella good. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. Jason's mom. Yeah, I remember. She's like a so I was like a bad kid. Mm-hmm. Um... What do you like fight in this game, or does he shoot? Like, how does he fight? Does he jump? He has sweet like like he punches and like mm-hmm. his hand goes like you can like wind it yeah. up and th- like because it's not your like hand. attached to his body, yeah, so he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> then and the best part of the game is he's like you press one of the taunting buttons and he goes. That's actually pretty good. Yeah, I remember that. I rented this game once. Once again, yeah, it was one of those things where I was like, oh man, this is like two D. Let's go. But it was pretty fun actually, and. It's a franchise that's still around. I think it's uh, people still really like that, and I think that's because those games are good. And uh, I, I don't know what it, what makes them different. I, I get, maybe it's the the fact that he doesn't have arms. That that thing is pretty cool. Or <laughs> yeah, people like protagonists that don't have arms. <laughs> <laughs> it's like inspiring. It's like he doesn't have any. I can be. I don't have any. I can be just like him. <laughs> I can play this game. Not with. I can play with my mouth or something. <laughs> I'm just reading that Ray-Ban was the most successful PlayStation game of all time in the United Kingdom. <laughs> I don't know yeah, why. That, that makes sense. Brits like their Rayman. <laughs> a little bit of Rayman would be good, not eh? 
always sounds like, always sounds like Rain Man to me. I remember <laughs> playing one of the sequels recently, and they're like, "Oh, we're playing Rain Man." <laughs> That's what I kept hearing. It's like, what, "Rain Man, okay." But I mean, it's it's a it's a good franchise. I think it's actually held in pretty high regard in, in the PlayStation world. Um, I haven't really played it that much. I rented it once in like '99 uh, or something, <laughs> so that's what I'm going off of right now. So I don't know if I can actually make it to the list, but I mean, it's definitely a good game. I just remember it got pretty hard pretty fast, and so even though I did play it because I only had a few games initially, mm-hmm. I it just got too hard, and I just didn't care enough. And then I got some other sweet games. Well, I was glad to hear a little bit about it. I'm sure our uh, British listeners really appreciated <laughs> all of that insight. Those or they're pissed. <laughs> they didn't they even talk about the... Yeah. Well, it's a bit pants. It's a well, because I remember, like, you're supposed to get... Like, you could fly later on in the game with, like, your ears or something. Mm-hmm. And I never got that far. And that's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to get to the flying part. Yeah. But uh, I couldn't. I was, I was like, oh, I'm going to play triple play baseball. Is that good? 2000. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. I ha- I had that game. I got it as a birthday present before I had a PlayStation. So that's like why I had to get a <laughs> the PlayStation. The only baseball game I th- had was, I think, MLB 98 and Sucks Balls. Triple Play was cool because it had like sweet cheats, like big head mode. Oh, like, yeah. You hit home runs. Like when you hit a home run, like slows down and shows you like every it's like It felt like really satisfying when you hit a home run. It was like. Plus, that was like the steroids era, so you could play as like Mark McGuire, just be like, (laughs) Sammy Sosa was on the cover, crushing him out of the park. (laughs) I played it recently, like a year ago, and it was so bad. Yeah, the graphics are so bad, (laughs) and the pitching system, like you hit, it's really weird. There's no meter or anything. You you just like hit a button for like curveball and then you hit a button for like I want to pitch it outside and then it just does it yeah it's like weird yeah. but hitting home runs was awesome in big head mode <laughs> a special home run cheat on is it really is that way easier to hit the guy like if he's batting with a pitcher because he's got a big head you can just hit, beat him in the head all of games where you get that option just hit them in the head or in the nuts and just do it every time that's what it's all about it's all about playing dirty uh, now we're going to get down and dirty with Dead Bodies with the Resident Evil franchise. <laughs> one of uh, my favorite franchises. I think also one of Paul's favorite franchises because I know uh-huh. you're a big zombie guy. Uh-huh. Play zombie games, <laughs> zombie games a lot. Why don't you tell us a little bit why you like the Resident Evil series, Paul? I like the earlier oh. ones. Well, I'd, I'd say that Resident Evil really, uh, I don't know, made... It was the it was the first real like survival horror game. Mm-hmm. I mean, before that, I, I think in Japan there was like a like oh, what was that game that came before like Haunted House? Or something? Yeah, but they weren't like cool in three D though, were they? No, no, it it wasn't. But that, like, it was the game. I think I think Home Sweet Home. I think was the yeah, game that I've heard inspired that. I've heard Resident heard that. Evil. And so Resident Evil was like the first of its kind, in my opinion. Um, Maybe maybe Alone in the Dark. I think there's Alone in yeah. the Dark game that came first. It had terrible graphics. But, it was but the Resident first Evil was like the first, I think, Daddy. scary. <laughs> I, I think Resident Evil is the first scary survival horror game. And I feel like as a child, I was, I was absolutely terrible at these games. I had no concept of, like, conserving ammo. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have a gun? Awesome. I'll use all the bullets on the first enemy. <laughs> And, and then, yeah. and then I won't be able to, like I'll just die on the second enemy. And I mean, the thing is, yeah, you're supposed to conserve energy and er, uh, ammo. I guess energy. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> energy. But the thing is, because they don't they don't give you that much. You're supposed to survive. It's supposed to be like challenging and like 
you're supposed to feel like you never have enough stuff. And in the first one, basically the story is you're just going through this big creepy house kind of investigating where all these zombies came from. Uh, I remember that. The first one really stuck out in my mind initially because it was the first game I ever played that opened with a cutscene that was live action. Yeah, we, uh, we had the director's cut. We had, had the like... director's cut, and it had these. Li- it had a live action cutscene with actors, and they're all like the outfits, and, and they're way too colorful. Their hair is like bleached. These really bad, like Chris Redfield's got really bad bleached red hair, and the, the, all the audio was dubbed in later, and it's really terrible, and it's really cheesy. Like helicopter flies off. No, don't. Go! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this really stupid Luke Perry looking guy. And then this fat guy with the beard who looks like Tom oh. Selleck yeah, Barry out of Burton. work. Barry Burton was Barry his name. Burton. The, my favorite dialogue in all like video game history comes from that character. I know, you still quote him. Oh. What is this? What the hell? <laughs> what kind of place? Is- I don't understand what the hell. <laughs> it's, it's lines like that. Like, you could have been a Jill sandwich. <laughs> What's the one about the gun being powerful? Oh yeah, like in the game, you like run into Barry, and he like he gives you this this grenade launcher. And he, he says, "Here, I found this weapon. It's really powerful, especially against living things." <laughs> what a monster! <laughs> it's like who the hell talks like that? It's like these people were so crazy recording. That's kind of the charm of the early day of voice acting in uh, in video games. It's like they don't get real actors, or they don't really know what they're doing. Uh, yeah, Barry is this kind of fat the guy who looks like Tom Selleck, kind of who uh, if you play as you can play as two characters. You play as Jill Valentine, you know he uh, who's the chick, and she's like pretty hot. <laughs> and, like, Barry will age you, but if you're as Chris, you play as Chris. Like, you're all, uh, you're, all, you're on your own, and, and you have less like. Uh, Inventory spots. So Chris is. It, it's basically like hard mode and easy mode. Chris is the hard mode, but I was always like sexist as a kid. So of course I'm gonna like play as Chris because he's yeah. cool and he's a guy. He's a dude. And he starts with a knife, which sucks. I mean, you get a yeah. gun pretty quick, but it still sucks. What's funny about this game is even as shitty as it looks now, like it's pretty. It's one of those games that's definitely kind of blocky looking now. Yeah. Uh, it's still really scary. Actually, oh, yeah. you like, turn around a corner. It's got great music. It just comes in. You know, the, it's music sting and like maybe crows burst through the window. Or I remember there's a, I think a shark that you fight at one part. I don't know how there's oh, a yeah. shark in a house. I, I, <laughs> isn't like the basement area gets flooded and the shark gets out. And I remember like on one like my, my legitimate, like I never beat that first game. I came really close as a kid. I got to that shark part, but like I, I was, I was using the player's guide to guide me through the game, and like I looked ahead and saw that this is this shark part coming where I have to like run through the halls and dodge a shark. It's like half flooded. And I, I just, I was too afraid to play it. <laughs> and I, I just never, I never, like, played it again. I didn't want to do it. That shark is really scary. You know, what's really funny is they made uh, an entire remake of this game for GameCube, but oh, it yeah. looked really, really good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you don't see that very often. Yeah. I, like I, 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 off the top remake. of my head, I can't really think of other games that have done that, at least so drastically. Well, there was the, the Metal Gear Solid you were talking about. Yeah, the uh, Twin Snakes. So was, yeah, it's similar. Was, was it a remake? It was, was a remake, and they updated the graphics and changed a few things. So it's a similar well, I, case. I, I feel like that's more of a port with like, like how the, lately, lately they've been doing those mm-hmm. like HD remakes of games where they port it to like the Xbox or whatever, and like they like make the graphics a little more crisp and make it widescreen. But it's not really. It's it's the same game. This, however, it was like the same game, but like retooled. Like the environment was like different the characters were all different like new animations and graphics and it, like the game play itself was there were some different parts i feel i feel like it was uh i don't know it, 
it's more of just like a remake of the game mm. rather than just a port and uh it was it was pretty scary like it it's on the game it's on the gamecube and i just played it like recently and the like the graphics are really nice since they do stationary uh, the stationary camera so mm -hmm. they're able to do these like really nice like backdrops and really nice looking lighting it's pretty scary it's like the scariest thing i've ever seen and all, all the resident evil or at least the earlier ones uh like the first one uh use that kind of style we mentioned earlier we talked about final fantasy 7 when they all got the preset background what, what do you call that pre-rendered pre-rendered i think i'm not an expert on this shit, but they do but that too I think that's what it's called so the backgrounds all look really good and they you know they use kind of fixed camera um, the first Resident Evil is kind of hard, and there's some challenging control issues. Um, but I think they really uh, patched up all the little problems with the sequel, Resident Evil 2, which some people consider to be the best of the series. Um, not Sean. Not Sean. Well, Resident Evil 4 is different. It's like a totally different style of gameplay, so I can... Is I, that the one that you guys played? That was 5. Huh. Before is like the same style, where it's kind of like over the shoulder. It's mm -hmm. more just like an action place I'm like like decrepit like Spanish village yeah. I mean some people will say that one's better because they totally reinvented it to introduce new fans and it worked and they got lots of new people and like it really, Sean yeah but, but they kind of really, got sidetracked away from the survival and it horror. really worked with the, uh, the, the the style the horror style but yeah it got away from the survival horror and there wasn't really zombies anymore and that was kind of the fun of the Resident Evil games Resident Evil 2 would you say those later ones aren't as scary they're not as scary. I, I, I don't. So I know. I don't know about that. There's some Resident Evil Four. There's some pretty scary like bosses in that game. Mm, I wouldn't like get one scared. that looks like I wouldn't an alien get... boss. They like remember. freeze it with. Yeah, with yeah, but I wouldn't get as scared reading the player's guide as if I was reading the player's guide to Resident <laughs> Evil One or Two. Actually, I don't know. I, I'd be more afraid of playing Resident Evil Four. Resident Evil Three, incredibly scary. That's also for PlayStation, but we can't spend all day talking about Resident Evil. So let's try to let's <laughs> oh, try to power through Resident differ. Evil. Let's try to power through Resident Evil 2. This one, it, what's cool is uh, you start out in the city and you play as Leon from Resident Evil, also in Resident Evil 4. He's a fan favorite, I guess. He looks just like Leonardo DiCaprio in this game. And also Claire Redfield, the main character, Chris Redfield from the first game, his sister, and then she's like looking for him or some bullshit. And they're going around the city and there's zombies everywhere and then you go on a police station and there's zombies everywhere and you go underground and there's sweet laboratories. Uh, another cool thing about that one is uh, there's this recurring boss who's this guy who slowly mutates and gets bigger and bigger every time you see him and more monstrous. And his name's just William Birkin. You know, it's not like he has some weird monster name. It's like, oh my god, I'm fighting William Birkin! <laughs> He's, He's huge! Uh, but this game is so scary. I remember, uh, yeah, like I was saying earlier, it was one of the first games I played. And then when me and Paul finally acquired a copy, we'd only play the first 15 minutes and then turn it off. And then we'd play it that first 15 minutes again and turn it off. That's as far as we get because it's too scary. Yeah, I definitely have memories of playing it at your house. And it, I, I'm definitely... I, <laughs> I don't know if I could have taken it just playing it one player, but playing it in, with, a, with a group of people, that has definitely made it less scary. Yeah, yeah. The point of that game was just to bring it to people's houses and like play the starting when you're running through the streets <laughs> and then like quit. And then quit because you can't play the rest because um, it's too scary. I just... I, I never played any of these games, so... It's hard for me to imagine that a game is so scary that you can't. <laughs> well, it's play. like the music; it's like slowly builds, or there's no music, and then it's suddenly just loud noises. Your controller starts going, starts rumbling. Yeah, and you walk into a room and, and you hear just like the sound effects of the zombies like shuffling around in the room, and like sometimes they're like like lying down, and you think they're dead, and you'll walk past them, they'll like spring up and grab you. Like I, I don't know. Is it still scary? Have you guys played yeah, these recently? It is, it is it still, still scary. scary. Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I haven't played it recently. I played Resident <laughs> Evil 2, actually 2 and 1 recently, and they're both scary. Hmm. 
I think another scary thing is the combat system's not great. You're like, oh shit, I can't fight this guy well because I don't control start, this guy. You very start well. panicking, like, oh my god, what I'm going know. in the wrong direction. <laughs> oh, what the shit? Uh, yeah, well, that, that, that's what's hard about the early Resident Evil games that they use the tank controls. I think it's called where left and right basically like rotates your character in like the direction you want to go, and then up like makes you go in that direction. And that and can, yeah, people who are new to the genre. I can never figure out the controls and kind of like don't like it. Like I think that's, people that's Sean's thing. That's I think Sean's the beef. He hates the controls. And they are weird, the but ones. I think I you do. You I think it's worth them. it's worth um, learning. <laughs> I also, I think what's interesting to note about Resident Evil Two is that it like at first in its like development stage, it started out as a completely different like game. Like you can look up Resident Evil like I think like one point five online and see like. How what the game started out as it had like completely different characters and like a story like different storyline and took place in a more like like modern uh like police state like Japanese police station or something like that mm-hmm. and then they like it was taking a long time and they didn't really like how, where it was going so uh they just completely like redid the game into like what it is now uh but like it was taking so long still like to come out because they're just remaking the game that they uh came out with Resident Evil director's cut which yeah. is what we had. So yeah. we were actually playing the game that uh, kind of like it preceded. Re- I mean, of course it preceded Resident Evil 2, but it was their like apology to the fans <laughs> for like making them wait yeah. so long. So they just It's just like with- one better and just like two is better than one. I think when it comes down to it, the first game probably won't make it on the list, but I think Resident Evil 2 has a good Second shot. One. Yeah. So uh, let's move ahead to something that I don't think we need to spend too much time on, and that's Soul Blade, which is a fighting series uh, originally from the, in the arcade by Namco, I want to say. And uh, right, yeah. It's basically it's real. It's pretty similar, I'd say, to Tekken, which is another one of their series, mm-hmm. except for the fact that this one's weapons based. It's uh, every character has a different weapon. Uh, it takes place in like sixteen uh, hundred ish. I remember they, they no probably probably earlier than that because I remember they have a guy who's from North America but it just says like he's from the New World <laughs> and he's got like caveman gear on him and he can't like talk he just goes rah, rah, rah. Is he like Native American no he's like white and he's got a big beard <laughs> everyone's most people speak English except for the Japanese dude uh, but yeah basically it's with the quest for Soul Edge which I think is what they call it in Japan and that's what they call it in the arcade but for some reason the uh, the home the console version is Soul Blade. Ugh, I don't know why, but uh, oh, I feel like it's more—it's sexier than Edge. Like Edge blade. Soul Edge, Soul Blade, cut you up, baby. That's kind of weird. Uh, but the characters were pretty cool. They had a, they had a, uh, a vast array of characters. Uh, one of the more memorable ones I can think of is uh, Valdo, who's this weird oh, S and M bondage guy. Everyone remembers Valdo. And I think we kind of hit the nail on the head talking in an earlier con that he looks like Hellraiser with, but, but with Prince. <laughs> and he wears that kind of clothes. Prince, yeah. And he's he's got all these, like, this, this leather on him and he's got big spike hands and he's like got the weirdest like a... kind of almost homoerotic move set that he does. So he's a very sexual being. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. And he's Italian. I don't know if that has anything to do with anything. I don't know. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Uh, and he's got gray skin. Uh, but there's lots of other cool characters. There's uh, Cervantes, who's a Spanish pirate who has two swords. And there's this German dude with, like, the biggest sword in the game. Oh, what, what was his name? Because he, he becomes... It's like uh, Siegfried. Yeah, Siegfried. Siegfried. He, 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 like, in the later series, he becomes, uh, like, the bad guy. Well, I don't know if he's a bad guy because yeah. he didn't really have he much like, of a possessed. story. But he has, like, the big-ass... Sword. Yeah, those games I think were probably perfected with the next installment and the the future the Soul Calibur games from there on. Like, were like I remember looking better. at some uh, video clips of uh, 
Soul Blade just a little while ago, and the graphics were just terrible. I think they're okay. We played it today, and it looked, it looked okay. All right. It wasn't great. I, I feel like the last. Do you remember the the last boss level where you're just in like some like mystery dimension, mm-hmm. or like the it's like psychedelic background that just like it looks kind of flipping shit. out. <laughs> Yeah, those are cool games. I'm surprised they haven't made like a really bad movie of those yet. I guess they're not popular enough, but mm. I can imagine it. You totally have The Rock as the dude from the like new country or the new world, and then like as a Spanish guy. I don't know, Tony Banderas. Of course, go to Spanish actor. He needs to be doing some more stuff that's not just voice acting. He's getting lazy. Uh, but we don't. I don't think we need Soul Blade for the list, but uh, it's definitely worth mentioning. It's pretty cool. Um, so let's move ahead to Spyro, the Spyro franchise, by the same people that did the Crash Bandicoot games. Um, similar in uh, maybe the graphic kind of style, but definitely different in the gameplay. I feel like it's more it's more open world. You definitely go into different stages. It's definitely their Banjo-Kazooie kind of game. Yeah. Uh, and you play as Spyro, who's a dragon, and he you can fly. and well, m- you, you can't yet fly. You're very young. You can only glide, which is very frustrating. It, yeah, you can glide because you're like a little kid dragon. I still thought that was super cool. I was all about gliding. Gliding was fun. Uh, I think the most appealing aspect of this game is probably the flames. You can shoot flames out of your nostrils, and that looks really cool. And uh, he's got a cool ram attack. And there's some pretty inventive uh, levels. Yeah, I think it, I guess it is kind of like Banjo-Kazooie in, in, in a way. I think that's that, that sums that up. Um, I put the uh, for the list Spyro Year of the Dragon, which is the third one, probably just because it has the most variety. There's a... a a vast selection of characters. I feel like there's even a third person part where he plays a character as like a gun. You play as a penguin with a jetpack and a gun, and he's got first person. I guess. <laughs> I feel like that level sucks. That was. It's weird. Like first person with that kind of game, though, it doesn't quite work. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of unsettling or something. <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's all sorts of cool levels. There's like, this <laughs> 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 feels wrong. Shooting cutesy. I guess in that game you fight rhinos, cutesy rhinos yeah. in the face. <laughs> probably it's like it's probably like coconuts or something dumb like that. But still, it just I think it was a gun. <laughs> it just yeah. made me want to go out and like I want to go out and shoot rhinos. My gun. <laughs> it's a bad influence that game. But I like I like all the I like all the variety in the stages. Uh, there's like cool Roman stuff. I actually don't remember. I, all I can remember is what I saw Colin play today of like of that particular game. And just from those couple minutes, I, I realized, God, this game's so big. There's so much stuff to collect. You even ran into some area where there's a skateboard. You can just run around and skateboard just for fun. There's there's lots of stuff like that to distract you from the main game. Lots of little, like, mini kind of yeah. games within a game. And, and the gems, I feel like, are very satisfying to collect in that game. I don't know why. Did, did you Could you do anything with the gems? Did they, you could were they burn them. Were they just, like, coins? <laughs> they, they looked like gushers. Yeah, but sometimes if you got a, a, enough of a certain kind, it would, like, open a different level, like a secret it? level. Yeah, there was, like, a goal to, like, collecting those. You could, like, unlock secrets if you got enough of them or stuff like that. So it's not just like, oh, I'm just doing this for the points. It's all about the points. Like when you're playing, like, old games like Sonic or something. That's all about the points. All about the points. All about the points. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, it's just it's just another solid platformer and real colorful. Uh, I think people who like Crash Bandicoot would also like this if they haven't played it. And uh, it's worth throwing out there. I don't have a lot to say about because I really haven't played it in a while, but I, I've always been a big fan of the franchise. I think people usually say the second one's the best, but I always like the third one because it's even bigger. And uh, another thing that's big are the muscles and Tekken. <laughs> Ripped, I assume. Uh, it's been a while. Yeah, there's there's some muscles in there. Hi, Hachi's this buff old man. 
Yeah, what's up with that? How's that? That guy's like so old, but he's like super ripped. He's just—he's got the sweetest hairstyle I've ever seen. Yeah, it's bald but totally long and spiky. Yeah, it's like goes way up, but it looks awesome. Yeah, it does. Now, what do you think stands out about the Tekken games over like some other of those three D fighting games, if anything, or if it's just really good at being a fighting game? I don't know. There was just something a lot more accessible to me about the Tekken games. I. Most fighting games never really appealed to me, but I remember playing Tekken 2 for the first time at Sean's birthday party. Peter Williams had brought it over. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Famous and, comedian. Yeah. Someday, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. And I just remember being really into it because I had played it. This was the first time I was playing it, and I could totally... I don't know. <laughs> I was into it enough where I could actually beat other people. In most fighting games, it seems like it's you got to play it for so long. you got to learn all the special moves. But with Tekken, it's more about kind of putting combos together, I guess, mm-hmm. in order to uh, to beat the other dude. I mean, they're not like shooting fireballs or anything. No. It's a little, a little more based in reality. Not Probably not yeah. much, because I feel like there are some fantastical things sprinkled here yeah, and there in the Tekken series. Yeah, there's this Yoshimitsu character who I don't even know. He's like a skeleton with armor on, but he's kind of half-man or something. Who's actually playable in one of the Soul Calibur, Soul Blade-type games later on. Yeah. Yoshimitsu. <laughs> Just like Hayachi, I think you could get, if you had Soul Calibur, I don't know, 3 or 4 on PlayStation, PlayStation? 2. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of a weird, like thing they did I guess <laughs> just like I think uh, if you had it on GameCube you got Link and if you had it on Xbox it was like Darth Vader because they don't have anybody I don't know why it wasn't Master Chief with a beam sword that would have been perfect <laughs> he's all they got man he's the best I don't know about Vader uh, yeah I mean I'm more familiar with Tekken Tag Tournament um, but I assume this is pretty much the same game uh, I, 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 yeah I, f- I feel like you could say maybe the Tekken 3 was maybe the high point of the series and that Tekken Tag Tournament was kind of the same thing just with better graphics and it revolved around this tournament like more based fighting it was sort of you had a team I guess yeah. I think that was the thing with that one and uh, I think one of the most memorable characters most people think about when they think about Tekken I mean at least uh, there's a lot actually there's a lot of their pretty memorable characters mm-hmm. but I always think about King who's like a Mexican wrestler with a, <laughs> a really realistic jaguar or leopard mask on he's mm-hmm. always my favorite to play as was this a series where they had a kangaroo in one of the games? Yeah, yeah. Or I think this one it's like a it's like a panda. There's I think lots there's of the unlockable characters. Too, yeah. And I love that. I love the uh the weird kind of animal characters mixed in with like the tough wrestler type characters. <laughs> from and the winner world. is kangaroo. <laughs> Dude, Ordinary <I> heard... <laughs> kangaroo with boxing gloves. I heard kangaroos can with their kick can totally kill you in just one kick. They're they that strong. They can destroy you. They can destroy you. Don't <laughs> fight a kangaroo. Why do they always do the kangaroo boxing? I don't game? know that they still do it. Well, I don't know. There's probably guys who are living on the edge. Prisoners. I, I mean, yeah, if you're at that point, you're not making a lot of good decisions. If, if you're living in Australia, you're not living like, making a lot of good decisions. Because <laughs> you're choosing to live in Australia. Or you're alienating an entire demographic. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We talked about Crash Bandicoot. They like Bandicoots. <laughs> There's a lot of Australian esque. They, they things probably in that game. stopped listening by now to go play Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. I don't think I'll go play that right now. But yeah, uh, Tekken. What is the 
Tekken about? Just like everyone's got to fight for some reason. What are those games ever about? No idea. <laughs> Could not tell you if there even is a story. It's about the fight. <laughs> the fight being the champion. <laughs> I was trying to read something about I remember they made a Tekken movie like in Japan. That was supposed to be horrible. <laughs> I think it was in Japan. I don't know, but there's no... I don't see any big names in this. It looks awful. Piece of shit. So I feel like the characters <laughs> so are don't too check exaggerated. That <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, but I think Tekken is done to consider. And moving on is a beloved beloved franchise among our group and that is the Tony Hawk games let's all let's all go back to the days of extreme silence let's have a moment of silence, silence. silence. <laughs> okay that's good okay I'm gonna, I'll start, I guess I'll start with my I guess it's Paul and I's Tony Hawk experience um, our first experience playing this game was Paul's friend gave him a demo disc from Pizza Hut because oh, yeah. I don't know if they still do that. If anybody still does, gives that demo disc. No, but I mean demo discs were awesome. It was like getting free video games from the weirdest place: Pizza Hut, <laughs> magazines. Mm-hmm. I just remember like, like I got a new game. Kind of, it's awesome. That demo disc is probably the first time I played Metal Gear Solid, Soul Reaver, lots of things. Uh, I think Resident. E- I had one with Resident Evil, or not Resident Evil. It was uh, Final Fantasy VIII. I don't know how that worked. I doubt it was much of the game, but I still couldn't get far enough because it's hard. <laughs> what, but, uh, <laughs> what pissed me off on those demo discs is there'd, there'd be the game, the game demos, but then there'd be like the the like game clips that yeah. like you always thought were demos, but then you put yeah. like a clip. Like we had like, I think like Parasite Eve was on there. And I was yeah. like, watch that like intro like a hundred times. Like always <laughs> hoping that there'd be a game attached to the end. Yeah, I want to play that. No, nothing. But yeah, Tony Hawk, and it was just the warehouse iconic warehouse level for two minutes I don't remember if it had more than one song maybe but I just remember we became experts at that level we played it over and over and over again and it was so much fun what about you guys how did you get into Tony Hawk I think Colin had it and you brought your Playstation over to Remy's house I remember that yeah that was the first time I played it okay what grade was that Uh, fourth my guess would be fourth Mm, I'd say fifth grade. <laughs> if we want to be extra accurate, I don't remember when I started skateboarding. It was some sometime around that. I think it was sixth grade when, um, when we started yeah. really getting into it. My first experience with Tony X Pro Skater was uh, good friend Matt Hanley. <laughs> he brought it over to my house. And was like, dude, you gotta play this game, and we played it like probably all night. It was probably a sleepover. We just played it. It was so much fun. Play single player, like take turns, or did you play like the kind of half-ass two-player that they always? We had? probably played two-player <laughs> like quite stupid, a bit. Like horse mode and like collect skater. And then we probably also played the career mode. I don't know. I just knew I, <laughs> I loved it. And do you think this inspired you to skate more? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two. Should we just move into that one? Sure. Yeah. That game, <laughs> like, literally changed my life <laughs> because it made me want to skateboard, and skateboarding was a huge part of my sort of early teenage life and just playing Tony X Pro Skater made me think it was just seemed like the funnest thing in the world and that's the thing about these games is it made uh, skateboarding in a video game seem so easy, so fluid so natural, which hadn't really been done before Yeah, but somehow and, games like Jet Grind Radio Future didn't inspire people to rollerblade <laughs> yeah. except for me <laughs> It just inspired them to vandalize. Yeah. <laughs> but that, like, how many games can you say that about? That it inspired you to go out and do something. Yeah. Like, that's pretty amazing. I mean, it was a perfect storm. I mean, Tony Hawk had, you know, was huge, and the X Games were huge, and 
seemed like everyone, like a lot of people were skateboarding and starting in like sixth grade. And I just remember I, I was in Arizona one time in sixth grade and I was in our garage and I was trying to learn how to kickflip and I just tried it for hours and hours and hours. And then I'd get tired, obviously, and I'd go in the other room and play Tony Hawk for a <laughs> few like minutes. Studying the move, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. see how he does it. Oh, that's how I. That's how I do this. Certain oh, move. he jumps and, and presses <laughs> X. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> press I just X. remember it was a. I mean, it was such a cultural thing. It was so. It was. It was awesome, and and, and it's funny nowadays. Like it's kind of old hat to me playing that game. I mean the the it's pretty unrealistic etc playing Django Fett it's, you know stuff like that Spider-Man uh, yeah Spider-Man, Spider-Man was the unlockable in the second one <laughs> yeah. if I recall and so like I play games like Skate now which are pretty fun and they're pretty realistic and like you know it's hard to do a 540 <laughs> but you know you're busting out 900s left and right 10,000s 10,000s <laughs> but yeah it was it was awesome even I was interested in the whole skating culture. I didn't skate, but I was really into, like, just these guys and just the whole scene and the kind of attitude behind it. It was really cool. It was a really exciting time for some reason. It felt so extreme. It also taught me that uh, J or G-E-O-F-F is not G-Off. <laughs> Cause, uh, I feel like a lot of people made that mistake. G-Off Rowley. <laughs> I feel like they all had really cool names. I mean, Tony Hawk, like Kareem Campbell, what are some of the other ones? Chad Muska. Burnquest, Andrew Reynolds, Jamie Thomas, Steve Caballero. For going to the second one now, Who's Alyssa he? Steamer. So, Nancy, tell me what was your first experience with Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two? Well, <laughs> this is a big, much anticipated story. Uh, it was my. It must have been sixth grade, I guess. It's my sixth grade, so my twelfth birthday party. Uh, a bunch of my friends pitched in and got me Tony Hawk Two. Which was awesome because I didn't have Tony Hawk One, I don't believe, and I had a I just got my PS Two, or was it PS One? It's probably PS One. Yeah, PS One. And um, yeah, so I was just like so pumped, and I I pretty much got two presents at that birthday party. I got Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two, and Sean got me <laughs> this game called Battle Stations, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like. Kind of like Battleship, the game, but I don't like remember anything about it. Like it was like one of those games that you could buy for like five dollars, like if that, if that, <laughs> brand new. Like I just remember, like, like oh yeah, this might be kind of cool. Like get into it, and you like shoot the other ship, and then it, like sinks, and then like that's it. <laughs> You would have thought Sean would have gone in on that gift, but he was on the outside. I, don't, I felt like it was his dad's decision. Like <laughs> he was like his dad was like, "Oh, let's get this. It's a great game, son. Let's get it for your friend. such a great deal, son. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look at that. It's three dollars. How could you lose?" <laughs> but the funniest thing to me about this is Sean's like never like backed down from like his decision. Like he's like, "Yeah, whenever hey. we bring it up, he's like, yeah, whatever. Battle stations, man." <laughs> it's a quality game, you know. <laughs> it's not it's not complex or anything, but you know it, it gives you what you pay for. You know? And it's mo it's just the fact that it, it was in the shadow of one of my favorite games of all time. <laughs> and like we spent the rest of the night like playing Tony Hawk Two, and like was Sean over the course like, hey guys, I don't you think guys Sean play Battle Station. <laughs> I don't think so. I think Sean. Hey guys, let's all watch me play Battle Station. Like, hey, Battle Station. Especially since he like, like slides one, it over in front of you guys. Like, how about, how about? 
I don't think Sean was too adamant because I'm pretty sure it was his dad's like purse. His dad just like <laughs> bought it and he's like, "Here, give this to Nancy." Yeah, it, it's funny because it just it was the game of that you played at parties with Tony Hawk. Games. Yeah, because on my first Tony Hawk Two experience was at Matt Hanley's birthday party, playing it there. We played it all all night. I remember we, uh, at one point we took a break and started watching like Mission Impossible Two or something. Like, this sucks. <laughs> we just played Tony Hawk all night, and it was even though there's like six people, but there's only there's only two people playing. It's so good, you yeah. So play excited it. for you. For your turn, <laughs> I was just sad when we and Colin were playing again today. How bad I was, but it's still, it's still, th- I think it's, it's still, still really, really fun. fun. Yeah, wow. I mean it, the the engine is, it's really it's kind of uh, timeless. Then. Yeah, I mean the the fluidity is like, I mean if you play a really bad skateboarding game, it is really bad. Mm-hmm. You know, like nothing quite. They just got it right. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the simple of like turning in the air you know it just you turn and you can stop whenever you want and you land the right way and you kick flip and you grab and I mean squares were flip tricks circles grab tricks triangles grind it was it's perfect yeah. and that there's a lot of ways they could have fucked it up but they yeah. didn't so. and that they pulled it off in the awkward 3D transitional phase you yeah. know where it could have been so bad but it was so good like it's amazing that they, they got it that early on and I just remember each game had like a little upgrade. It had. Mm-hmm. Did the first one have manuals? No, no. it didn't. No. The second one was the first with manuals. Manuals, then you had reverts, and like I was always so excited what the next game was gonna throw in there, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, a grind meter. You know? Yeah, so I feel like manuals really like brought it all together. Yeah, yeah. So that's why the second one was pretty perfect. Because you already. could do these huge long combos, yeah. and that's what it got into. Yeah, with and the then later you got games. so pissed off when you did this awesome combo, <laughs> and then just like like stupidly crashed during a manual at the end. Like you spend 30 seconds of your run right. working on this one combo and then it all just falls apart. And yeah. then now after the timer ended level, in the level you could like keep on going yeah. as long as you're in the middle of a combo. <laughs> so you just like get, jump on a rail and just like try to like, grind like, like, like a last ditch attempt. As long as you can and then you just, it just becomes increasingly hard to keep your balance until yeah, you fail. Unless I, you like turn on a cheat and then just grind forever. A lot of cheats in that one too. Lots of... I didn't, didn't like a... Like, Kevin, Kevin Lemmy once like, uh, like set like a, the cheat so he could like infinite balance or whatever, and just grind and just leave the game on or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask him about that. I, I feel like I heard that from. Yeah. That sounds like something that would be true. But I remember it. Had, it's all about the miles. I had the weird gravity where you jump really high. You have the weird endless drive you're just talking about. Uh, big head disco mode. Was there a fat mode? Oh yeah, I, I yeah. love games that have fat modes. Oh, I, yeah, you do. <laughs> who, who doesn't? It's funny to see a fat guy on a small board. The thing uh, about two also is it had uh, one you could create your own characters, which was cool, well, and also cool. you could create your own skate parks, which seemed really cutting edge at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, God, that game. There's just so much going on there. It's so awesome. I love. I love looking. You know, thinking back. I miss that time. You know. It's a simpler time than the 90s. Yeah. And what about Cool Borders? That's a sweet game. Cool Borders? Yeah, Cool Borders. We were talking about snowboarding games last week. was one of those ones where it was more about racing. Most about the tricks. Yeah, yeah I most about, about the tricks. The tricks. I still like Cool Borders. Even it's if I only had a demo. All right, well, then here's a shout-out to the one. Cool Borders 2 is the one we had. Oh, yeah. I had that one, too. Yeah, not bad. It's not a bad game, actually. I almost considered putting it on this list, but I was like, it's not going to make it. And the best part about Tony Hawk (laughs) is they use that engine to create Dave Hoffman, 
Matt Hoffman. Matt, Matt. You're going to date Dave Mira. Mira. Yeah, is the <laughs> other one. Matt Hoffman, the Sean Murray wakeboarding. Mm-hmm. The, the, you know, they They're had also a, great games. I'd put Matt Hoffman on here if it wasn't the fact that it's a total Tony Hawk cologne. But it's yeah. so much fun. Yeah, it's it's literally exactly the same, but you're on a bike. I mean, it's it works. Yeah, it's uh, it's really it's really amazing engine. I really look forward to the uh, the HD uh, remake that they did. Oh, it's already on Xbox Live, but it's coming uh, to PlayStation Three uh, for download. I think at the end of August of this month. So I'm gonna be right on that. Fifteen bucks, I believe. That'll be that'll be something. Um, so we're moving on to our final game, which is a game that I got from the so PlayStation wait, wait, Store. Did Battle Stations make it? Um, <laughs> I think it got sunk. Oh. <laughs> uh, but the next game I'm going to talk about is uh, Twisted Metal 2, which is a game that uh, I think I played in my youth once. We played one of the games at Joey Wakefield's birthday party, the birthday party where we did like 100 things. <laughs> but he had one for N64 because I think it was four-player maybe, and it was okay, but I don't really remember. So it was kind of a new experience playing Twisted Metal 2 for the first time uh, on PlayStation just a couple weeks ago, and... I loved it. This game has so much mayhem. Uh, basically, the game is you're in cars that have guns and missiles and all sorts of gadgets, and then you fight other cars, and your only goal is blow up all the other cars. And it can get pretty intense. Actually, we called played the two-player mode, which was interesting. I like how we were able to come up with our own terminology just within playing for five minutes. Yeah, whenever you get hit, you're rocked. You're get, like, I'm getting rocked, I'm getting rocked, man. man. I'm getting rocked over here. <laughs> Or is there so much mayhem going down right now? <laughs> or just every time I, f- I fire a missile, I gotta go boom! <laughs> oh, boom! He got toasted. It's just, it's so it's so cool. And there's a lot of variety in the vehicles. There's a sweet police car, there's an ice cream truck that's driven by a scary clown who's kind of the series mascot for yeah. some reason. That's the only thing I He's like a murderous clown. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. The story of that game is even weirder. There's like this demon like guy named Calypso. And he just wants mayhem all over the world, so he sets up this this uh, this big car tournament destruction derby yeah, thing. That makes sense. And whoever wins, <laughs> <laughs> he just likes to see this happen. But whoever wins, they, they like uh, he grants them like a wish. He gives them something, but it's always like, oh, it like backfires. Like I remember one guy, like he wins. He's this old guy. He's like, I want to have a young body again. And then he gets a young body, but it's like an old head. And he's like, no! <laughs> <laughs> and the newest, the, the, the big character in this game is this guy named Axel, who's this ripped black dude. And uh, basically, he's got a wheel on each hand. So it's like two big monster truck wheels, and there's a man in the middle. So you see him, like, driving around, just this like, man. Are his feet just dangling? His feet are, like, on a platform. There's a platform. Oh, yeah. But yeah, he's like the Axel. He connects the, the wheels. And his thing is, like, his dad, like put him in these wheels and like he just wants I want my father to free me from these wheels <laughs> it's like how are you so ripped if you're stuck between two wheels and everything but he's still got like a gun or something it's weird it's like totally ridiculous these games are so silly but I love that it's it's a game in cars but it's all about destruction and killing the other cars Nancy I think you might be into this game yeah. it's, it's pretty fun uh, it's really hard to um, the I controls think. were a little wanky I couldn't quite weird. get used to it <laughs> Like the, you, there's no accelerate button. You just press forward, which is kind of awkward, and then yeah. you press backward on the directional pad. And all the weapons are uh, the uh, the R1 and R2s. Uh, I don't I don't think circle X, you know, square. I don't think those even do anything. It's like they don't. They don't do any. They're just there. It's the only time I've never see, I've seen a game where they just don't use like the main buttons, <laughs> which is really weird. Uh, but I think you kind of get and get the hang of it. And it may look like like a big dumb game where it's like oh just blow shit up, but 
you actually have to have some strategy on how you go about attacking people if you want to actually get far in the game, which I have not been able to do. I've gotten a few stages in. It's pretty tough. And what sucks is that it uses a password system to you know, not saving. <laughs> it does, like... So you have to write down, it's like, oh, circle, triangle, square. So that kind of... That's what they use those buttons for. <laughs> yeah, that, to enter the password codes, which pisses me off. But, I mean, aside from the difficulty and the weird password system, I'd say this is a totally awesome game. Um, the only thing is I'm really the only one who's played it. Uh, but I think uh, if, if you guys played it, you know, or if, if you played it more, if you guys, you know, give it a shot, you'd probably enjoy it. Um, so now I think it's down to list-making time. How many, how many do we got? We could probably take off Tony Hawk one since we're going to have, I think two is probably going to take a spot. Yeah. Um, how many? Four? Okay. It's hard to count. Thirteen. <laughs> Thirteen. Okay. I see Should Ape Escape off? probably going just because. Should we take off one of the... Final Fantasy. Oh yeah, let's take off seven. Actually, okay, it's tough, but I—I I mean, it's tough because it's cool. I mean, I don't care. I don't really play it that much. I played it enough to know it's cool. And I'm—I'm I'm thinking Ape Escape just because no one actually owned it. I feel like a big thing is if you actually own the game is part of this. Mm-hmm. I own like one of these games. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be our win. I felt like I—I—I I, I had a really small collection. Of I, th- PlayStation I think the thing about PlayStation is it's a little harder to tell what's going to be good. You know, N64, you had the recognizable titles. You're like, oh, Mario, that's going to be sweet. Or Zelda. This one, it's new. These people are all new. You don't know what games are going to be good, and there's so many of them. Monster Monster Rancher. (laughs) Monster Rancher is a game where you make monsters by inserting random CD discs, and it creates a monster. And then you have to, like, feed them and train them, and then we can never get past the first tournament because it's always so good. And then you're like, oh, all that training, my monster is dead. Yep. So Monster Rancher will not be making this list. <laughs> Ooh. But like I was saying, PlayStation, it was a little harder to know what was good. So I, I don't think it's till many years later that people realize what the, what were the best titles. Uh, okay, so now we're down to 11, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the question is, do me and Paul like Legend of Mana more than Colin likes Medal of Honor? That's a weird question. <laughs> <laughs> it's very subjective. I know, <laughs> I know. It's tough. This podcast I mean, is all about subjective. Does, does the fact that there's two of us like mean more? It does. It, does. it definitely means more. But it's like we have the same experience because we're like siblings. Yeah, we're so. siblings, so we're gonna have the pretty much the same experience on all these games. So I think that gives it a better chance of being. Okay, it. so uh, is that okay? That's okay. It's honorary eleven, or yeah, it can be. Yeah, we always say yeah, but then no. Oh, no. That doesn't mean anything. But this one is. Okay. So I think we could put Legend of Mana no probably at... Uh, it'll probably go in lower just because I feel like it was on the cusp there. So I'll put it... I'd be fine with that at 10. All right. I mean... Yeah, I think I've it, never it, played this game it's, it's, ever. It's highly regarded, so. but not like like top 10 for most people, probably. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad I made the list because it's really fun. Especially if you, if you have a good friend with you. A good friend. A good, not good if you have a backstabbing friend. Not if you have a backstabbing friend. <laughs> He just wants your gold. Yeah. Joey Wakefield. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, That's exactly what we're We're calling at. you out, Joey Wakefield, wherever you are. Okay, and then I'm probably looking at maybe Spyro or Twisted Metal. Just I would say Twisted thing. Metal. Okay, Twisted Metal. Because I didn't have that much fun playing yeah. it. It was all right, I guess. It's fun to get rocked. It's fun. Some no, t- no, it's, it's not. not. It's fun, to, <laughs> it's fun to rock other people. Yeah. There's like this sweet uh, like monster truck that you can totally rock other people with. <laughs> like, yeah, rock you like a hurricane. Okay, so Twisted Metal at number nine. Um, And then I'm thinking, 
I don't know. I haven't played Final Fantasy IX, so I can't make any, um, you know, comments about whether that should be higher or lower. It's really good in my memory. That's one I haven't revisited, so I don't know. That counts. How it holds good, up. Good it's probably is. better than. Uh, Maybe it may be better than Spyro. Even who knows? It probably is, but I mean, <laughs> we've played more of the Spyro games. Yeah. Well, I like I like to think that that's I, I put Spyro the Dragon, but I like to think that encompasses all the Spyro games because yeah. they're all. I just feel like game. Final Fantasy Nine should be higher because like Colin spent yeah so much of his <laughs> life playing it. I respect that yeah. a lot. Okay, what about uh, uh, it's like Tekken. Yeah, that could be lower too, because. You guys didn't play much of it, did you? Nah, I mean, I played it as a fighting game, whatever. I don't really give a shit. Give a shit. <laughs> probably, that probably we're looking at Tekken. A All little right, more. that's okay. okay. Fighting games hold my attention for like one round. Yeah, and then I guess I don't know. Then Spyro. Sure, sounds good. Yeah. Then I guess would it be Final Fantasy Nine? Uh. Yeah, I think that sounds about that sounds good. For all that time I spent playing it, hey, it paid off. Sure did. Sweet spot on the list. <laughs> Ten years later, that's what it was. All, that's what you were working towards, right? I guess for the respect of my peers. Uh, if Sean the, didn't the, the, have a PlayStation, how did he play that? Well, because PlayStation Twos are backwards compatible, oh. and he was like, "Well, this game's worth it, even if the graphics aren't as good as." Yeah, because Sean's not about playing old games. With anymore inferior except for battle stations right <laughs> yes <laughs> I'm surprised he hasn't bought that off the playstation store he doesn't PlayStation need to he's got 14 <laughs> copies of it dad bought it on sale so he's like <laughs> such a good deal mm. you see now what gets tricky now is uh, Paul I know you really love Resident Evil 2 and I do too oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> The thing is, Castlevania is like pretty good, but it's it's kind of new to us. But it's re- it's pretty cool. It's awesome. I love it. Uh, I don't know though how I feel okay. about. It. In in my opinion, the Resident Evil Resident Evil series, however you want to order the two that are in there, should definitely be higher just because they invented a genre of their own, and I think that's worth. I get what you're saying. Like Castlevania was kind of perfecting. Uh, you know, something style. that had been done on the SNES. Well, Resident Evil was kind of creating something. Yeah. And not just on the SNES. I mean, Castlevania had been around for a while. It goes time. back to the NES, mm-hmm. yeah, too. Uh, so I'd, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd like Resident Evil higher for me. That's tough. I'd what be okay a- with that. I mean, I like the Resident Evil games quite a bit. And what, what about Castlevania compared to Crash? Crash is, oh, Crash is awesome. Crash is more of a staple. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good I would, point. I would put Crash higher, too. Okay. Just because I have so many memories as a kid playing it. Well, I'm and th- it still holds up really well, I I'm think. thinking the next three is... What is it? It's something like Resident... You know, like Castlevania and Resident Evil and Metal Gear in some order, maybe. Uh, Yeah, I think we can put Castlevania at five. Would that be... Yeah. All right. Okay. Are you okay at Resident Evil at four, Paul? Which one? Two. Two. We only we only have one on. Oh, what are what's left on the list? Uh, Crash Bandicoot, Crash Bandicoot, Crash Warped, Bandicoot. <laughs> Tony Hawk, and Metal Gear. Uh, yeah. I could put Resident Evil ahead of Metal Gear if you guys want to. You know, we probably played it more and probably like it more. Actually, I'd probably mm-hmm. do that. Go Metal right. Gear then Resident Evil. I guess. 
Crash Bandicoot's getting really high. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> I it is pretty awesome. I don't know if it deserves to be that high, but <laughs> I feel like most PlayStation experts don't hold it in that high a regard, but it's fun, man. Maybe uh, maybe because it's not as serious as all the other PlayStation games, but... Maybe Metal Gear, Crash Bandicoot, Resident Evil. Unless someone's like, oh my god, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I think we know what what it should be. Do we know it? <laughs> if we knew, it's like then it statement. Done. I'd say Metal Gear, Resident Evil, Crash Bandicoot, Tony Hawk. Yeah, I guess. I'd be okay with okay. that. Okay. <laughs> I think we know. I think we know. All right, if everybody's okay with that. That's pretty good. I don't know if Sean would approve, but... I like this list. It's totally, like, weird. Yeah. <laughs> this is not what most PlayStation lists would look like, at least compared <laughs> to our N64 one. Yeah, that one's pretty straightforward. But, you know, and Tony Hawk at number one. That's gotta but be... I think that's the thing about PlayStation is it probably had a wider variety of, of great games. With N64, there's kind of just this one set of, like, 10 or 15 games that... That were really the big staples of it, and a lot of really bad ones, and a lot of bad ones. There's definitely a lot of hidden gen- gems in the PlayStation library. Yeah, a lot of stuff that maybe wasn't even big when it came and out. And also, I feel like a lot of these games on this list kind of appealed to us as younger people playing like the system, like like some of the more uh, like tactical RPG oriented games that other people would hold to higher regards uh, as far as PlayStation games go. Um, you know, they were like older people played those games when they came out, so uh-huh. it mm-hmm. appealed to them more. I feel like us, we were kind of we're going for some of the I don't know, maybe simplistic but fun <laughs> games that were really parts of our we childhood. Got, we got some serious. There's ones some diversity, yeah, but 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 most of those serious games we really sucked at. It's <laughs> 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 a good point. It's like this game sucks. I hate it. Don't <laughs> be on here. But I think we can uh, put this list together. Should I read it off? Go for it. Okay. Number 10, Legend of Mana. Number 9, Twisted Metal 2. Number 8, Tekken 3. Number 7, Spiral Year of the Dragon. Number 6, Final Fantasy 9. Number 5, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Number 4, Metal Gear Solid. Number 3, Resident Evil 2. Number 2, Crash Bandicoot Warped. Number 1, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. Thanks for listening to Top 10 Thursdays. If you like what you heard or are about to hear or whatever, you can check us out on iTunes or mildlypleased.com. See ya!